0: welcome to the latest episode of Weighed In. As always we're going to be rattling through the week's racing action and covering all the big stories from the last seven days. Uh, lots of things to get through today boys and I'm joined as always by Tony Calvin who's in terrific form. How are you Tony? Yeah all good. Good good and what about you Kevin over there?
1: Oh man, excellent! Yeah, you, uh, anyone listening would think you were being sarcastic about Tony because when's Tony ever in good form? Oh, am, but, but, I, but, but but he does seem
2: particularly good form this morning.
0: Yeah, he's in spicy form. <laughs> I, I, might
2: have, I might have blown my bag early in the in the pre- <laughs> pre-show chat, but
0: yeah, I'm As here. We already. always say we are. I think some listeners would like to hear the pre-show chat, but for the sake of our careers, we are all. Very pleased that no one ever gets to hear I'll that. Tell you Thank one goodness.
2: person who wouldn't have liked to.
0: Have <coughs> it, <laughs> Schofield. Yeah, I no, he got he got oh. shafted there. In fairness, um, right, guys. he got
2: shafted. He shafted himself. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather watch. I'd rather uh, watch the racing league on ITV rather than uh, Schofield ever again on this morning. He's uh, got
0: goodness, you, that is a strong view from <laughs> you, right? Let... Schofield is dead to me. Right, let's not, not appropriate use of that language at this point now, Tony. Let's move on to the review section of the show. Uh, we'll kick off a pretty weak re- weekend's racing, I think it's fair to say, uh, but we saw a pretty decent winner of the Mill Reef in Sakir. Um, Marvellous seven-timer for Roger Varian, and this, obviously, the highlight, David Egan in the saddle. Um, how impressed were you with the performance, Kevin?
1: I mean, yeah, you'd be very impressed, wouldn't you? Um, like that arousing encore that he made look very ordinary. Like he's a he's a rock solid kind of mid-90s horse, and uh and sakir just absolutely booted him out of the way. Um, you know, it's not by accident, he, he costs an absolute fortune as a breezer. Um, but I had a much a really missophony, great sire. Um, but this is this is a right good fella, I think he is. Um trip-wise, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because they're kind of there seems to be a thought there that, that he might be a sprinter. Like, if you look through his pedigree, you you you'd get encouragement there that he, he could um, stay a mile, possibly. Um, he's a half-brother to uh, Namista, who, who you'll remember. Uh, did her lines trained her before she went off to America and did uh, did mighty things. Um, so, as she stayed nine furlongs. So, you'd be half hopeful, but he, he does look fast. And uh, their selection of their next option uh, would be an interesting question for them.
0: Absolutely. And obviously, off, off the back of this, when they do have plenty of options, he's been entered in the Guineas market, the 2000 Guineas market at 14 to one, but he's unchanged at five to one now for the middle park. Mm. Um, is that where you expect him to go, Tony?
2: I'm not so sure, really. Um, the, actually, the 14 to one, the Guineas has actually, actually been trimmed into 12. So someone, someone, someone was impressed by him. Um, yeah, the Middle Park obviously is a very quick turnaround. I just wonder if they'll go to the Dewhurst. I mean, if you have a horse like that with that kind of potential, I know he's got all the speed and he was a he was a very expensive breeze-up purchase, wasn't he, early in the season. Was it 550 grand or something? So, yeah, I mean, he's obviously Middle Park would be the, the sensible option, but I think the five-to-one price there factors in the chance that it's a very quick turnaround and he might not go there. If he was mine, I'd probably just see where we stand as regards, uh, you know, the guineas next year by by going to the Dewhurst. And he hasn't been priced up for that. I think actually, I think one firm have priced him up at, f- at three to one. But it's reading between the lines. It sounds like they're gonna they're gonna stay sprinting with him. But uh, yeah, I mean, Varian's got a good one on his hands, isn't he? Actually, I was having, I was watched all the racing in the pub on Saturday. And um, dangerous.
1: We had various,
2: uh, we had various chats about various things. All uh, racing people, and they just said about Roger Varian. Given, he said, discussion. Given the amount of talent he gets and the amount of moneyed horses he gets, is he a massive underachiever? And I thought about it, and I just think he probably should do a lot better than he does with the with the ammunition he gets, shouldn't he? So I know he's just won a classic, etc., but. He does tend to have a lot of owners with a lot of money and he doesn't get a massive amount of uh, big big race winners, does he?
1: Yeah. Ironically, a- so someone came to me with that exact same conversation at Doncaster the other day, Tony, and 10 minutes later, he won the ledger. So it was the <laughs> ultimate case of commentator's curse. But uh, yeah, it's not, the f- it's not the first time we have heard it raised now. Um, I know, actually, and look, it's big, ex- big expectations uh, you know, can be hard to live up to. But um, yeah, it's conversation that's out there. Yeah. We
0: definitely had a question about this. Do you not remember, boys, a few months oh, back on true. the show yeah, as well? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Someone fired in a question about it just in terms of sales prices, horses' price tags going to Roger Berrien, and do they really live up to their price tag? And talking about price tag, obviously, you just mentioning their Sakhir's so price tag post-breeze up. Well, this... Crystallium for the Tom Clover team, you know, is the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, She has been introduced into the 1000 Guineas market. Well, no, sorry, she's been trimmed from 50 to one to 33 to one. So she's still a bit of an outsider's chance, but she's two from two and now with a Guineas quote. And it just, I mean, it just always amazes me how these horses can make fools of plenty of people at the sales, Kevin, because this horse, I don't know for what reason, but she was 28 gram, not sold as a breeze up. She breezed, went through the ring, not sold. And now, uh, obviously, a private sale later, and she's two from two with a guinea's quote. And so this is a sort of opposite end of the spectrum situation to that that we're talking about with Sakir.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, she was she was actually bred by Watership Down and uh, the Lloyd Webbers, and they they dispersed her as a yearling for 22 grand, which would have been, you know, lowly enough with, with the pedigree, etc. Went to the breeze ups, so everyone got to see her galloping down the track and uh, nobody wanted her. For a for an apparent reserve of thirty grand, um. But yeah, got off the racetrack, and she could certainly gallop. Um, you know, she was she was good at chems for her first time in in Midlands sort of race, probably. But um, but this was much deeper, wasn't it? And um, and she she won quite snugly, won, won with plenty of authority over the top of the line, and yeah, it'll be it'll be onwards to Snakes Company now, and she's a. Uh, You'd, um, you'd need to put a zero and uh, maybe some more numbers on top of what she failed herself for as a, as a year, as a breezer, sorry, to get hold of her now. So uh, fair play to all concerned. Tom Clover, going well with the two-year-olds this season, in fairness to mm.
0: Really well. Oh, I, am, yeah. I was
2: quite impressed by her, actually. Um, the winner, uh, the second look, though so she, she had the race in the bag and mm. did really well to pick her up. You think, if they're talking about in terms of beginners, I don't think that's fanciful talk. Uh, she was... The winner was the, uh, the runner-up was the only other horse in the race that had won a race, and Dallion was given her three pounds as well. So, yeah, I'm, you know, again, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? I mean, bigger stable, that 33s would probably be 14s, wouldn't it? No, I I was quite taken by that run. Ah,
0: oh, positive, positive word from Tony. Yeah. Um, let's move on a couple of other two-year-old performances to rattle through Victoria Road went over one of O'Brien's two-year-olds went over to Shanti and took the group three over there um, now 20 to one for the Dewhurst from 33s and 14s for the Burton Futurity from 20s for Victoria Road he's now managed to win three on the bounce Kevin but you know where I'd like to know from you, where do you think this horse ranks in Aiden O'Brien's two-year-olds? Are we talking mid-div? Are we talking bottom echelons? Where do you think he sits?
1: Um, he's probably a bit better than mid-div now, in fairness. Look, he's okay. clearly been a he's clearly been a bit of a slow burner, like he started off in a in a in a median auction maiden at Ross in May, you know, and he's kind of just come up, he took him a while to win, but but now he's rolling. And look, I think over, over more recent years, we, the collective, we have become a little bit more forgiving of horses from Ballydoyle that kind of race a lot of two and don't, you know, a little bit slow burners don't necessarily set the world alight straight away. You know, we've seen enough of those types, you know, go on and be proper, you know, classic three-year-olds. So, look, he's very much going the right way. His, his attitude is excellent. And look, he he's very much bred to be better again next season. He's by Saxon Warrior, um, first crop of his, and, and they seem to be kind of coming alive now, um, which I, I suppose isn't a shock. I know he was a he was a Guineas horse and a good two year old, but he was by Deep Impact, you know, um, and this fellow is from the most lovely family. He's a he's a grandson of Cassandra Go, um, and all that family halfway to heaven, etc. Um, so yeah, look, he's bred to progress as a as a three year old, um. It'll be interesting to see if they go again. Excuse me now if I'm kind of stopping and splurting because I have a bit of a cold. Um, I wonder, would they go for the one of the group ones back in France? Um, the the there's one over a mile and there's one over 10 furlongs a little bit later in the season. Um, I wonder, could that be his ultimate destination? He he would seem to be that type and one like him that has loads of experience. Um, just might be a bit sharper than some of those you know, real back end, middle, future middle distance types that go for those two races. I, I don't think you've
2: got, I think there's zero chance of him going for the Dewhurst. I think mean, the Vertim secu- uh, fatuity is a possible, but as Kevin mentioned, there's a mile two group one uh, at Song Clue, um, and I think he's probably that Stone Age finished second to world again last year. I think he's probably odds on to go there as me. I haven't spoken to Ryan about it or anything like that, but. It's interesting. El Bodagain, who won that Group One uh, at Songcle, actually won the Sean race at Victoria Road. Uh, oh, wow. so if he goes down the same path as that, I can, like I say, I, I think he's a shade odds on who he'll end up there because he clearly is a he, he. He took him all the time to get on top close home over a mile one, didn't it? He? So he's going to be suited by the by the extra furlong. And it's interesting. I watch. Uh, I looked at look that uh, Sean <coughs> uh, race that El Bodagain won before going on that Songcle. I didn't realise that Verdini finished third to uh oh. again in that T race last year. So, yeah. It's, uh, no, I, I think stay all over, isn't it, Victoria Road? I can't see him coming back to a seven furlongs or a mile.
0: No. And this probably is a good opportunity to open up the sort of ongoing conversation about these French group races and the English and Irish coming over <laughs> and basically robbing them because you also had... Um, Eddie's boy, of course, bolted up in another group three in Shanti. And then Mrs. Fitzherbert went over there and took another group two, a uh, group three, that was for the Huey Morrison team as well. You know, just over a year ago, obviously she's improved, but a year ago she was winning a handicap on the all-weather off 75. And now she's, you know, listed in a group winner, but the group winner over in France and Kevin, like I know it's probably a conversation for a bigger day, but it's just another weekend's gone by with the group races in France coming here to England or Ireland. It, it, are these really weak group races that we're swooping over there because the French are not producing the goods? Or am I downplaying the French form too much? What do you, How are you reading the state of play with this situation?
1: Um, look, I think it's been clear for, for a good few years now that the French, the home defence, is weak. Um, like they've I've been kind of following the numbers for years now. And like they they're just not producing tip toppers at the rate that you would expect for for an industry that size, you know, mm-hmm. with that much racing that produced that many foals. Um and the thing is, like I think they're they're get, and it's, it's, it's ironic in a way because, like, we look to France and say, Oh, look at their prize money, look at their premiums, look at the wonderful system they have. And uh, I was, you were there as well at, at the Deauville sales this year. I had a con- this brand of conversation with a bunch of people. And, you know, there's a feeling in France today that their sales get kind of strip mind a little bit by um, foreigners, if you will. You know, like, if you look through the top horses, there's plenty of French breads winning top races, but they're just not trained in France. And, Like, I think uh, now, this is probably one for weighted now, but I do have my own theory about um, France being a victim of their own um, breeders' premiums in that they're they're incentivized to um, breed to French stallions. And if you look at the list of French stallions, like, Jesus, there's there's two slash three big names there, and it falls off very, very quick. Like, they have an awful lot of moderate sires, and the vast majority of their herd are being sent to those stallions. So uh, I think it's perhaps playing out on the track that they're just breeding a lot of moderate horses. Maybe that's been tough. Maybe that's been harsh. But the, the numbers are, are crystal clear in terms of them being underperformers. Um, you know, in an international context.
0: Yeah, that's actually really interesting. And then just la. I mean, you say you've been doing the numbers on this. It feels this year like uh, their group and listed races have come over here to England line, like I say, more than ever. But am I? Have you? Do you have the numbers to hand about that? Is it? Is it more prominent this year?
1: well i think they had a break you know brexit related break in that there wasn't as much oh. travel the, the irish and english weren't going over as much it wasn't possible yeah. in, a, in a lot of cases and now i think we're just back to normal and okay. uh, yeah the, the floodgates have reopened
2: when i was on holiday wasn't um, wasn't there a group one racing did blackbeard win it? wasn't there a group one in france that they didn't even have a runner in
1: yeah they, they didn't have an entry um in the morning yeah, yeah. The french that didn't have a home entry at all um, and look at some of the can often struggle in those sprint races because it's just as there's not a big emphasis on sprinting in France in general. But um, yeah, it's just that they, they have some issues there. And it just goes to show you that having buckets of money doesn't necessarily translate in the ways that you'd hope it would. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see if they kind of attack it and try and come up with some ideas to, to make things better.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've definitely got our own fair share of problems in English racing and Irish racing. But over in France, it's not all hunky-dory either by a long stretch of the imagination. Um, Tony, what are you saying about Bayside Boy back to winning ways at Sandan listed fortune stakes? And um, I think the return to form is probably to do with having cut in the ground. But I didn't think he looked like the easiest of rides still. I'm not sure he's a totally reliant character.
2: No, um, I think the first-time blinkers and the softer grounds, um, you know, were, was a contributing factor. And, again, I mean, I'm a big fan of the horse. I mean, he I was one of the horses I, I, I tipped at Doncaster and he got taken out on the ground with the race that was decimated. We
1: all tipped him, yeah. Tony.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, and Typical. But, but, again, you look at that race. I mean, it was a lesser race. The second was 97 rated, a filly of haggis's. Uh, I actually had a look, I, as soon as that race, you know, finished, so I had a look at the, uh, if Haggis had had that filly entered in for any other races, because, you know, off her a, off a, off a old mark, obviously she'd be very, very, uh, very well handicapped. But yeah, I mean, I let the jury's out on that. I mean, obviously he's got the two-year-old form. Um, I think he's 14 to 1 for the champion stakes, um, and Ascot, uh, no. Oh, was it no, the, no the, QE2. the
0: QE2 QE2 yeah.
2: But I, I do know when Ryan got off him at Goodwood, um, he did suggest the headgear for the horse, and he did suggest maybe going up to a mile two. But obviously, the soft ground neutralises the, the step up in trip, doesn't it? But uh, no, I think uh, it's a step in the right direction, obviously. But uh, I think the, the bear bare form is is questionable in in Group One terms for sure.
0: Kevin, any interest in him for Champions Day?
1: No, probably not. To be brutally honest, no, no, no. And, and I like the horse. I do like the horse, but I just think that might be it Might be a shade beyond them.
0: Okay, fair enough. Another horse that could now be aimed at Champions Day. Stay alert. Who won the Group Three Legacy Cup? Um, she won well in the end, considering the traffic she met, and then when she got into the um, clear, she was she got up on the line. It was sort of a matter of timing. Um, what did you make of her performance, Kev, in in that Group Three?
1: Actually, she's come a long way in a short space of time, in fairness to her. Like, it's not straightforward for a kind of a filly that you know was a little bit late getting going to get to this sort of level in six starts and, um, you know, to beat the likes of a fancy man who's kind of rock solid, kind of (laughs) 110 horse, in fairness to him. For all of the you know, he, he maybe doesn't win as often as he should do, but, um. Yeah, you'd be very happy with her now. You know, she's that fast, that rock Galileo cross that that's done so well. And you just wouldn't be shocked if, if she could potentially um, make up into one for a champion's day. She, she's in the she's in the Phillies race there over a mile and a half. and um, We know that soft ground shouldn't be an issue for her. So, yeah, she could potentially be one that could slip in and be progressive enough to make an impact there.
0: Yeah, I think she she's being touted. I think it, the quotes afterwards were that they wanted to go to the Phillies and Mayors race on Champions Day with her. She's now fourteen to one from twenty to one for that race, but she's going to have to meet Tony Free Wind again, who of course already got the better of her up at Haydock with that form line. I'm such a big fan of, and I I don't know I like her. She won for me at the weekend, but I just can't see her overturning Free Wind. Although Free Wind's campaign. Is a little oh, off, given of that we've only seen her once and she's been missing since.
2: Obviously, I was a I was a big fan of that, and I went and had a look at when I was trading the arc on uh, on the exchange uh, after the Paris ends third in the Prix of Vermeil. I actually I actually back free win for the arc, um, and she hasn't just been since since Haydock, has she? I mean, I just something not, must,
0: not, not sight, nor heard of. Must have Fincher. got
2: her because obviously. Um, we haven't seen her since, and she was just like electric that day at Haydog. Um, and obviously, their forms you know worked out very, very well as well. But yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to know where Free Wind is because, uh, a filly of uh. I've-
0: I'm intrigued as well, because I just feel like if they put her away just to get, because, you know, we've spoken about it on this pod. She was clearly brought back into training to win a group one. And she had entries. She had an entry at York and she missed that. She was taken out of that, obviously. And now she's just got this one Champions Day entry. And so if they are going to win a group one with her, then it looks as though she's just going to have the one shot.
2: That would be a historical entry, wouldn't it? I mean, but uh, so oh, that's true. I, I, I can only assume something's gone wrong because there's been plenty of group one since Haydock, isn't
0: it? Yeah, that is very true. Um, Kevin, do you want to give a quick mention to Goody Two Shoes? Not sure if anyone will have heard of her, except for the fact that she's won two from two so far. She's now 25s from 40s for the Phillies and Mayors, and she's one of Joseph's, a Joseph, so very lightly raced three year old.
1: Yeah, delighted with her now. Um, has always gone like a nice filly, and kind of the first time out went disastrously. That she wasn't so much slow away as the, the stalls they opened, and one of them flicked back and hit her right in the face, and she um she lost loads of ground. and uh, perform miracles to win that day, and ended up winning well. And look, it, it's tricky when you win first time out because you you don't necessarily want to go straight into stakes company and even kind of graduation races like this. Like she ended up against older horses, a horse called Monasab who's. Had like loads of runs, and it's kind of a good hundred horse. Um, so I thought she did well to win. Now, uh, I thought it was a nice performance. She is surely a good stakes filly. Um, now, Ascot Champions Day, I doubt she will be thrown in that deep, but um, she will be one to stick in your old tracker, your notebook, whatever you like. Because uh, I say she can keep going now, and hopefully, it'll be a little while before she's beaten.
2: As everyone knows, I, I'm a big fan of uh, the road to Cheltenham starting in uh, <laughs> and I've uh I'm up my my first bet on my Cheltenham tipping line 2023 is, is oh this man this horse for the mayor's hurdle oh, oh so yeah get her at Ascot get her a mark of 115 on the flat go and win the mayor's hurdle with her uh, and just
0: the job just exactly oh, what
2: Tony's after yeah and yeah yeah like that uh, if I had, if it, had- by the track and I believed in and she'd be in it. Yeah.
1: I, I'd be surprised if it happened. She's <laughs> she's out of a Galileo uh, a, a three-part sister to authorized. So um she's got she's got big pedigree now she'd be a, she'd have I'm, a taking the, the piss because I just saw uh, yeah like, the colours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you are taking the piss about the Cheltenham stuff, but tell you what, there's some lot of Cheltenham content being lashed out there already. That this oh, younger well, no, this no, you, no. this younger generation of, of kind of content producers i um are going flat out the Cheltenham stuff already? It's, uh, someone asked me, Doncaster the other day, what do you fancy for the Triumph hurdle, and they only turned around and hit him a slap. Oh, I haven't even
2: seen the arc yet, so. honestly Relax. it drives me absolute <laughs> crap. well
0: we're not we're not going to give it the airtime, Tony so let's he, he
2: genuinely asked me what I fancy for the time <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think
0: he no, was joking no 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 we are focusing on Champions Day uh, that's our next the only thing that we're focusing on is Champions Day on this podcast i reminded but was
2: Matt Chapman
0: does <laughs> uh, anyone even fun. remember
2: who won the Champions Gold Cup at this stage I don't <laughs>
0: Stop, <laughs> so Kevin. it's gone.
1: It's gone. It's because you're a flat
0: man through and through. You're a flat man. No, but man.
1: you have to banish it away out of your brain for at least six months, don't you? And then start, re- start rehashing. Then after the arc, lads. After the arc, at least. I, I,
0: look, I agree. No, after Champions Day, never mind. Yeah, what. that's fair
1: enough. Day. Champions Day.
0: Uh, Mitt Bajhe might well be going to Champions Day for the Champions Sprint. He has been cut to thirty-three to one from fifty to one, and took another step forward at Newbury another winner for Roger Varian um Kevin was it you I think you like this horse I think did you not tip this horse up after his Sandown win or for his Sandown win yeah Seems it was going back a while getting, yeah yeah I seem to remember him getting some airtime, gone off the boil a little bit but he's back now what did you make of it
1: he is back and it was sure it was a good solid performance wasn't it it didn't now it didn't Blow me away to the extent I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, you're going to be a, a big player in the division. But it was good to see him back on track. And look, there's promise for more. But will he? Will he? Will he find enough to to kind of be a, be a big player? I, you know, my jury's out for me.
0: It was yeah, quite. It
1: probably sounds a shade harsh, but I do no, like him. But it was a
2: very me. moderate group. Three wasn't he? he got no chance of group one company. But it was quite. There was a funny uh, element to that. Uh, a mate of mine. He was um, in a pub on Saturday. Back to uh, Teresa Mendoza, and she looked like she was a winner all the way through that race. And in one of the, and I think he puts him in running lazy, and he never got matched. And uh, the market settled before I can have a look. And I, so I had a look when I got home. The most bizarre in running uh, I've ever seen in my life. Teresa Mendoza got beaten at neck after traveling like the best horse throughout the race, never traded less than four to one in running. It was, some, I would have said, two fives on maybe. Wow. Well, on. So, somebody different. pressed the wrong button on a layer four oh. to one, <laughs> three to one. Yeah, unless there was a massive chunk up there at fours just stopping everything else. Christ. Amazing. Amazing. Anyway. Good judges, okay. got
0: beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Never in um, doubt. There's a couple of other horses on this list to rattle through, but I think Barry's just fluffed out this running order to make it look heavier than it needs I've to be. An
2: issue. I've stage. got an image of Barry being a fluffer in my head now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Please, please! Does anyone want
0: to say anything about the likes of World Champion Radinski or Good Birthday?
1: Wow, well, you, you 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 your audio is tailing off there, Vanessa. Oh, yeah. but, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think I think your mic's got the, the image of Barry being a fluffer, and he's just turned uh. itself off.
0: On my back? You're Am I back, back in action? Uh, do, do either of you have anything to contribute about the likes of Royal Champion, another Met performance? Again, barry put a horse <laughs> in here that's being cut from 66s to 33s for a race. I mean, honestly, Rajinsky or Good Birthday, anyone at all, raise your hand because if not, we've got other talking points. About. Move yeah.
2: on, move on, move yeah, on, yeah. move on. Okay. But yeah, Wojcicki for the Cambridgeshire in there. I saw mean, that. I virus. had to
0: correct him. Wojcicki, exactly. He's got no
2: chance of coming back a mile or a furlong. Yeah,
0: I thought. Hang on a minute. So I don't even <laughs> trust that what's going on there. 14
2: for that apparently, but you can have 14 million to one with me. <laughs> we're moving <laughs> well, on. We're you moving won't get on. Paid if it does win, but yeah.
0: Let's focus on. I mean, we're talking about the. um, You know, we've already mentioned. Us going over to France and scooping the group race over there. What about Charlie Appleby in America, Kevin? I mean, the good run just keeps going.
1: Yeah, he's been flying out there for a couple of years now, hasn't he? Um, and it's not straightforward. Like, Woodbine Wood, isn't straightforward. It, it, he, he, he puts him in the right spot, in fairness to him. And his strike rate right out there in like the last kind of 12 months or so has just been electric. And uh, hey, they all count, they're all grade ones. You know, they all, they all go on to the tally. So, uh, fair play to them. It's my, it's my cup of tea, and uh, you can only but tip your hat
2: to them. It so, staggered me. I mean, obviously, you won a couple of grade ones. The biggest pot was a grade three. Uh, that nation's pride one, wasn't it? Was that grade three? Three best part of four hundred grand. It's absolutely staggering what you can do there. And like I said, we we briefly touched upon it, but we didn't go into much detail in the pre-show chat. I mean, I was just looking at. Um, I, I had it in my mind that Joseph won a, a listed race over there um, and it was reckoning force. And I had a look at that. It was just a listed race over there. And it was like he won 222 grand. And it got me thinking, obviously, Appleby goes over there and, um, you know, Aiden always goes over there and tries to win these with pots as well. But he's been going over less than uh, than in previous seasons. I was just wondering whether, what's the logistics uh, of... Are you allowed, uh, uh, foreign trainers allowed to set up a satellite a satellite yard in America? Because if, if they were, surely you just take 10 or 20 horses over there and just cherry pick all these races. I mean, I'm not having well, a go. Isn't, that,
0: it, what, but isn't not, that what Joseph's tried to do? Well, Reckoning
2: yeah. Horse has obviously uh, run a couple of times before winning that big pot last time. And uh, it's just got me thinking, you just take, if you've got a stable over here with a lot of 90 plus rated horses instead of selling them abroad, you'd keep them and maybe ship them over to America where you can pick up maidens for 50 odd grand, a hundred grand and listing races for over 200 grand. It just seems like madness. I look, I look, know Ed Ware and um, he's, he's sent some horses over um, to Ed Vaughan over there and he's, had, he's had success as well. And you know, he's he, He's, you know, he had a good winner at Pontefract the other day, picking up about five or six grand, and you know, you could send that over there and be picking up these two hundred grand pots. I mean, if you're an owner, what are you doing in this country if you can send horses over there in a satellite yard or with a with an owner trainer uh, that you know? It just, oh. I just, it just appeared. Just, I just want to know whether, you know, uh, you know, you can take a twenty horses, lock, stock, and barrel, put them over there, and have them trained uh, by someone over there with Joseph overseeing. From here. Is that possible, Kev?
1: Yeah, look, it's tricky. Logistically, it's tricky. Look, Joseph dipped his toe in this year. He took a few stables in um in Saratoga and he sent over a few two-year-olds, a small number, um, just to see how it all worked. And that was the first winner he had. They, they shipped from Saratoga up to up the country to run at Kentucky Downs. Um, and that, that was just a ridiculous path the money in kentucky downs is huge like it's a really odd place like if you if you google Earth it like it's this track essentially in the middle of nowhere it's got a casino beside it um, and that, that that's where all the prize money comes from um like but it's particularly tricky for for foreign horses to run there because they don't let international horses stable at the track you've got to stable them elsewhere and then ship them in it's it's much much trickier there than um than for other American tracks which is why you don't see loads of Europeans having to go there despite the money being huge um, David Lachnan I remember we mentioned that on the podcast a few weeks ago he was talking yeah. about going there with Go Bears Go and he decided not to go in the end because the logistics were just too much of a, of a dose um, so it, it isn't straightforward um, and look it, look, it's, it's just expensive TC. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a heavy roll of the dice um, if it works you, you look clever and you make loads of money but if it doesn't um, you know the, the the bill at the end of it is, is pretty well, hefty.
2: All pot figure. If you if you were over here, Wrecking in Force, you, you haven't been stable over. You haven't gone for the previous two runs. You said, right, we're going to target that two hundred twenty two grand race to the winner. That's just the winner. Wrecking in Force, take it over to um, take it over to win that race. How much would it cost if if it, if there was a total blowout?
1: Oh God, it'd be hard to say now because they've obviously they've been there a couple of months. Yeah. Those horses. you know know, know, it's 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 scale it scales a bit better because like the thing is you have to commit staff i think joseph sent over four like like really good senior staff over with those horses um and they stay there you know so for 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 even a big trainer you know it's a big commitment to send you know top top um lads and and girls over with them so that's why it's not all that common because it's tricky and it's the big it's a big commitment but um, when it works it's great with Charlie Appleby's they would fly in fly out You know, so it's a lot more convenient that way you're not basing people there um, it's, it's still expensive and log- logistically challenging but it's, it's a bit easier than basing them there
0: uh, Lads let's move on because the big uh, news of the week that we should get stuck into get your thoughts on was of course the announcement that Baid is going to miss the arc and head to Champions Day instead um, midweek William Haggis told some members of the press and that news came out. And then latterly, I think he's been quoted as saying that he was never that keen on going to the ARC after all. Um, Kev, no getting away from the fact it's disappointing. I think we'd all got our hopes up that chat post York um, and some of the quotes that some of the people connected, including William Haggis himself. And. Um, You know, I think we all were thinking, God, this might actually happen. And then combine that with the long range weather forecast, which really wasn't that bad for Arc in the lead up to Longchamp. You know, it wasn't one of those situations where we all had some, you know, misplaced excitement. I think to be fair to us, there was lots of things that were pointing in the right direction, but then now no.
1: (sighs) Yeah, Sherlock, it's kind of, we're used to being disappointed in this game, aren't we, Vanessa? you know Constitution yeah. Hill honeysuckle by you know why did we ever get our hopes up about anything <laughs> you know? yeah. it's, it's like you know is anyone shocked I suppose they're not they're just a little bit disappointed because it, like you say it felt like it, there was a chance it could happen um, and look sure our sport is an awful victim of, of our of our yeah fundamental structure and history aren't we, and, the, and the program and the pattern like it, it, it it's you know great things in many many ways but Wouldn't it be fantastic if racing at times was was a little bit more like, you know, boxing or MMA or something? And the the races you get to see are the ones that are going to sell, the ones that are going to get people excited, to get people to turn on their telly to pay money to see them. And it's in everyone's interest to put the best contest together, because unless people are excited by it, it doesn't make money for anyone, you know, Uh, whereas in racing, we have our pattern, we have our races. And it's kind of so extensive that if you don't fancy taking on X, Y, Z in, 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 in whatever variable you don't like the look of, you could go someplace else a couple of weeks later. Um, so look, it's not a surprise. It's not a shock. Um, I will still be there and ask it to see him there and it'll be great to see it. But is it going to be a race that's going to... Um, that's going to electrify the masses. Um, probably not. And if it hammers down with rain, which it often can in the middle of uh, the middle of Ascot, we might not get to see him at all. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a pity because uh, as I saw someone tweeting, you know, there's now, you know, I don't think it's going to be a debate now, but by, you know, against your Frankles and even see the stars um, because yeah. he, he's not going to have that, that, that opportunity to do something really defining in the, in the bigger picture of things. Um, York was fabulous. You know, but
0: I know it's I not know. going to be
1: the, the one that, that kind of moves the historical needle, unfortunately, which is a pity because I think he'd be well able to do it. He'd be well able to do anything you want him to do. I do think he's a brilliant racehorse. Um, yeah. but the the people involved have to stick them in the, the right set of circumstances to give them the opportunity to become um beyond brilliant and legends.
0: Absolutely. And look, like we spoke about on the pod, didn't we? That like for him to step into that brilliant realm, he was going to have to step out of the shadows of the likes of Frankel and see the stars. And he's not going to do that by going to the champion stakes, but it is the decision that has been made. So we move on. Um, Tony.
2: What's what's disappointing was, and he would, you know, he would be the heavy odds on the shot to win there. I mean, it's not, it's not a great field depth wise. And I've never heard one sensible reason uh, or given why, why he isn't going there. Why, isn't he going, you know, they're doing what's best for the horse. I mean, it's going to be his last run. It's, it's, you know, it makes no sense whatsoever, unless, unless there's some reasons that they don't really want to go into. Now, I've never heard anybody put into William Haggis is the fact that, you know, he's going to pick up. I had looked for the prize money that Seeler won, won, Seeler way won last year, and, you know that was a that was a really poor race. I looked at that race. Only one horse, one horse out of the first seven in Cedarways race last year has come out of one, and that's Adear when he won at Donny. So the race last year, it's over seven hundred grand to the winner. And I'd like someone to say to, to William Haggis, is the fact that you're going for the trainers title and you're gonna you're gonna be about tens on to pick up seven hundred grand was that an issue uh, in 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 there? Well,
0: you obviously don't listen to a rival podcast that is a daily podcast because <laughs> that's exactly what they asked him. So when you go, go back and listen, you'll hear you'll hear the response, Tony. But basically, and it, was, that... it was
1: two words.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh... Say that again.
2: What did he say?
0: He said that was obviously nothing to do with the decision. Obviously, Tony. Come on now.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, totally
2: oh, well, I would- and again, we come we come into this unbeaten nonsense, you know, talk as well, aren't we? It as is it, as if as if you know Muhammad Ali isn't the the best uh, heavyweight boxer of all time because he got beaten five times. It's absolute bollocks, and we've just got to get over it, have not we? Yeah, Look, and the, the whole the whole, the, the whole best for the
1: the whole best for horse thing just it made me giggle as well like if, if you want to go down that road like they would never have went 10 furlongs with him they would have kept him at a mile if you want to take it to a greater extreme they would never have run them because that's you know you can't do that it's not the best thing for the horse just keep him at yeah. home and feed him polos
0: guys they want to win the champion <sighs> stakes. go out on a high on british soil is clearly what they want to do um unless, unless it's on. really
1: really unless it's really really wet soil then they won't run
0: Facts. Yes, absolutely. Right. Tony, what are we saying about the Sean Levy situation? This is a bit of a mess um, in loads of ways, but specifically the way this has been communicated from the BHA to the public. What we know so far is that um, he was stood down on Thursday from his rides at Newcastle on medical grounds. And then it's latterly come out that there is a failed A sample test. Yeah. Not much else has been communicated thus far. Obviously, plenty of conclusions are being jumped to, but... Already, this has had a pretty negative effect on Sean's career, given the fact that he was in for 20k check, courtesy of the Racing League. I'm pretty sure he would have taken that if he'd shown up to Newcastle. Mm. Um, Even with Safi's good day, some placed efforts would have kept him at the top of the leaderboard. So he's 20k down, uh, obviously some bad press and he's been out all weekend. Yet, once again, courtesy of what I feel is bad PR, we're left with this lingering unknown factor we don't know what the medical grounds are we don't know what the test was the BHA haven't confirmed anything and now we're in limbo as we discuss it here today
2: yeah at least we know about it we we didn't know about Oshie Murphy's Chester 2021 you know failed test there did we until about three or four months later so at least we at least we know but where is all this on medical grounds come from I mean if he's failed an ACE test he's, he's you know he's failed he's failed a test it's not on medical grounds unless we're going down this nonsense medical, oh, we got to look after his mental health because he's failed a test or whatever. On medical grounds, you know, it's like I I I purposely watched, you know, how they positioned it on i sorry, I didn't watch Sky Sports Racing. I don't know how you positioned it because you were on there. I'm not sure you're presenting, but if you were Yeah, um, I didn't have to do the positioning, you
0: it, put it that, it that way. But
2: you know, it, it gave ITV, and I'm not slagging it off ITV because any other. Sport and any other broadcaster would have probably done actually the same in a similar situation. They actually just were able to brush it off. Well, we have, we can't see Sean Levy tonight because he's he can't ride because of on medical grounds. Full stop. Now, come on. I mean, if the BHA really turned it that way, so they give an out to broadcasters, so they don't have to mention the fact that another member of their their sport has has, has failed a test. Uh, and this is coming right on the hot on the hills of Marco Gianni as well I mean we all know what what people you know the rumor mill said what's in the case of the two jockeys and we're obviously not going to comment on that because we don't know but one thing they haven't been suspended for uh, is on medical grounds we know that so <laughs> why, why are they insulting everybody look is it, if it is a sop to broadcasters? it is, uh, or, you know, or they're trying to protect themselves. It just shows out the insecurity of the sport of not saying it as it is. Any other, surely any other sport, they'll just say, look, he's failed this test for this. We're waiting on the B sample. You know, But other, other, you know, other similar situations have been made public while we're waiting for the B sample. I mean, this is a real, real retrograde step. If, you know, if, if they're doing this, out of insecurity about not wanting bad publicity for their own sport. It's another sorry day for the BHA.
0: Kevin, do you feel this has been positioned badly thus far? Um,
1: Yeah, look, and I'm sure you have their reasons for kind of not telling you the crack. I assume it's because they're waiting for a B-sample to be tested. But again, the wording, you know, uh, for medical reasons, essentially opens up all sorts of possibilities and it, it just creates a vacuum, doesn't it, for speculation? Whereas if you said it was a... You know, due to an adverse analytical finding, I think people can, you know, put put two and two together and get a more accurate answer, perhaps. Um, but yeah, look, it's 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 uh, it's disappointing for Sean if if that's the case, and again Marco Gianni as well. Um, you know, God, we're getting we're getting. Um, uh, it's not to not to fall into the trap of assuming it is, but well, what it almost what well, seems likely to be. But we have had a lot of um, adverse analytical findings, if you want to put it that way. In um, in both UK and Ireland in the last few years, and they fiddle around with the with some of the punishments, um, and it doesn't seem to be doing the trick, unfortunately, uh, because we're still getting um, adverse analytical findings um, amongst our well, professional that... athletes. And uh, yeah, what well, one wonders will they revisit it again? Yeah, That's
2: exactly.
0: exactly. And and to be honest with, honest, with you, when we
2: substitute from medical grounds, what is it? What <laughs> phrase, Kev? Adverse analytical findings. findings,
0: Well, once we know more, guys, this is probably a you know it's probably a conversation for another day in terms of weighing room culture and the way some of these flat jockeys, um, you know, look after themselves essentially or don't. So, you know, it's probably something that we can have a deeper chat about once we know more details. But as we said earlier. Details are few and far between at this stage, courtesy of the BHA. Hopefully we'll find out more this week. A couple of other points to get across before we wrap up the show. Tony, this situation with York putting on a self-funded fixture that clashes with Airs Western meeting as of next year has gone down pretty badly indeed. It means that, um, you know, two big northern racecourses now have two big days on the same day, race clashes, fixture clashes. It's not what we need, is it? Look,
2: we're just, there's a situation where we're calling this on, on Monday. We, we've got a, a big... You know, big powwow uh, of all the big people in the sport on Tuesday and Wednesday about all getting together, how we can, how we can, you know, make the sport, you know, a lot better in the next couple of days. And we're going into this on the back of York, we're just presenting a self funded fixture on the same day as the Air Gold Cup, on the same day that Catterick race, you know, I think they're 43 miles down the road. And they just park themselves in, you know, park themselves in the fixture list, and, and you know that's what we. This kind of like self-interest is what we got. To, what we got to guard against, isn't it? I mean, this is this is what the two-day meeting is all about. Kind of like all getting together, all singing from the hit, same hymn sheet, all looking at the big collective picture, and we have got York coming in and just saying, "No, we're going to race on the same day as the Air Gold Cup, same day as Catterick, just down the road." And we don't care because we're going to fund it ourselves because it's such a brilliant, well-run track. Now, they should have come in for a lot more criticism than they have done. I mean, you know, everyone loves York. Everyone, everyone says oh, it's, the, it's, a temp- it's a template for how to run a race course, et cetera. Everyone loves William Derby. Everyone loves the way, you know, 25 bottles, of, 75 quid bottles of champagne, et cetera. This is bang out of order. I mean, it really is bang out of order. And and Air and, and Catterick were quite reserved. You can tell they were actually seething, but they were quite reserved in, in what they said. But uh, no, Yorker, Yorkshire are coming for a lot of criticism about this because it's just not on, And it's, especially on a week where it's all about the sport getting together.
0: Yeah, it does seem a shame, and that's in, when you refer to it like that, for sure. Um, and then, Kevin, last word to you on the... Um, Love affair starting back up between Willie Mullins and Gigginstown. Then the news came out early last week. Feels like old news now. But just to get your word on that, obviously uh, Gigginstown now saying they're going to have horses back with Willie Mullins after their infamous split due to training fees. Only a couple of horses. Think small numbers. But I mean, you know, goes around, comes back around. And also, what happened to Gigginstown leaving the sport? When was there a when was there a U-turn on that? They haven't left, have they?
1: Yeah, I think they're happy to, to kind of blast away kind of selectively, inverted commas. And Yeah, it's just a funny one, isn't it? I didn't think I'd see it, ever see it. Um, hmm. You know, why, why bother? <laughs> you know, a couple of horses, send them back. You know, have to kind of walk back in, walk it back in at the tail between your legs. And uh, I don't think it's good for anyone, really. Uh, you know, Willie's all right, thanks very much. Uh, he's win- he's winning enough races. And the fact that uh, Jiggins Town were kind of so heavy in behind Gordon, they kind of gave us a... Uh, some elements of a match for a few years there. Um, Oh, it was
0: a really fun narrative, wasn't it, following that year when... Gordon when it was really close for two years, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was great. I thought that was great, and you know, there's no getting away from the fact that was massively helped and funded by Giggins Town getting behind Gordon. Um, and now we're just it doesn't seem like we're going to have that. And look, I know Gordon hasn't managed to win the trainers' championship, but the times where he's gone close gave you a bit of hope that it could be a bit more competitive over there.
1: Well, that's it, it made it interesting. At least there was <laughs> a match race, whereas now it's just it's there's still the two of them utterly dominating, but it's not close between the two, and it's just like, jeez, yesterday there's still, I think they won nearly every race between them again. and It's uh, you know, that's a sign of things to come. And you know, I know the, the old national hunt diehards will, will you know, love it, Hannaway, but jeez, you'd love it was more if it was there was a few more faces involved, you know, and I'll never knock the lads for being brilliant at what they do, but it's just we're in the entertainment business and I don't think it's the most entertaining <laughs> way to have the, the sport playing out but uh, but there you go we'll be hearing plenty of that in the next few months
2: be careful Kevin I'll take all the geeking sound horses from you and send them to Willie
1: yeah pretty, <laughs> they're, pretty, they're pretty much all gone already Gordon's oh, got really? most of them now
2: yeah Joseph had, he has a jumper left
0: <laughs> wow been trying to clear that that barn out for a while hasn't he Um yeah
2: there they all gone now not enough money in this jumps racing where you can win
0: over There's, to America
2: uh, my, my, he goes. mindy,
1: he has six runners in the Kerry National on Wednesday.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's a, d, that's a decent showing by anyone's standards. Yeah, I think, I that, that. I think
1: that's about <laughs> it.
0: Um, right, last but not least, sorry, I'm trying to wrap up this show, but last but not least, the other thing on our running order to talk about, Tony, is yeah. the uh, a very successful Everyone's Turf campaign. How's it going?
2: I, I mentioned this to, to Barry on Sunday. I said, because obviously I I was away in August. So I said, "Where's this everyone's turf campaign gone?" Because obviously there was obviously when it was announced, it was a. Were you saying it was it's quite a big uh, big money campaign, wasn't it? With they wheeled in Jermaine Genus there, and you know everyone was having a bit of fun at how much he was going to be charged. And you know, no one's ever seen him in racing before, when he, he came in there, and I've heard, I've not heard sight nor sound of it since. Uh, 1.
1: Si- 1. 1.6 million
2: pounds, this cost, TZ. 1.6 million. So I'm being serious now. And that was back in June, was it? That was announced. Yes,
1: yeah, just after Ascot. Yeah.
2: yeah, it
0: was, yeah.
2: So we're all in racing. We all, you know, wade in. We keep our ears to the ground, you know, your daily broadcast, et cetera. Have you heard anything from this? I, um, I'm
1: just reading I the genuinely... press release here, and it says the campaign will run through the key months of July, August, and September. Um.
0: I can I can personally say that it has completely gone over my head the campaign. But then again, the race meetings they're probably focusing on are not the race meetings I'm generally at. Yeah, we're not the
1: audience. It's supposed to be. It's for everybody, not just for.
0: It's everybody like us. Yeah, Yeah. they're doing such
1: a good job. We haven't seen it
0: and they're doing such a good job we might not have seen it and on top of that I did as as research for this pod do a bit of research on this and there's a very big section on the Great British Racing website with loads of information on there and lots of colourful graphics and lots of big quotes et cetera, et cetera um, and so it obviously is still kicking on with, but I just don't think the meetings that I would be at to be able to talk about this are the meetings they're targeting like Wolverhampton on a Saturday night Didn't
2: they, didn't they spend seven to six hundred grand on Stradivarius his flags at York in August. <laughs> I tell you, I'll tell you i tell you what they should do. They should replace Jermaine Jennis with Philip Schofield because I I think he might have a, a a window in his calendar that just opened up actually for the coming well,
0: look we started the show oh, with geez. Philip Schofield and we're finishing. Racing the show, loves the gray. So
2: Racing loves the gray that can be the new strap. <laughs>
0: That's the new everyone's surf campaign. We started with Schofield. We're ending with Schofield. That does wrap up the show, guys. Even Barry found that that funny. Even the boss Barry found that funny. Uh, No questions this week. We're taking a bit of time off social media as a mark of respect ahead of Queen Elizabeth's state funeral held on Monday. And we will be back, of course, on Thursday with Racing Only Better. And in the meantime, thank you, boys. And thank you all very much for listening. Have a good week.